everybody. This is a Doable Discipleship, a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith, or as we love to call it, the show that helps you grow. My name is Jason Wheeland. I'm one of the pastors on our spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church, and we're really excited to be partnering with our student ministries teams for a series um, on first aid for families. These are um, episodes that are specific for different age ranges. So we've had an episode uh, for parents of who have kids um, who are um, young, either toddlers or in elementary school. We've had an episode for parents of junior hires. Um, we, you have another episode for parents of college age kids. And then this episode that you are listening to is for parents of high schoolers. So hopefully if you are listening to this episode, you have a high schooler or maybe you're about to have a high schooler or you just wanted to check out all these episodes. Welcome if that's the case. Um, so we're really excited to be partnering with, with our high school ministry for this episode. We have um, our Lake Forest High School ministry pastor, Jason Pogue, and then um, Emma Onkst, who is also one of our high school ministers um, on the team. They both are just awesome. I just recorded the conversation with them. It was great. They have so much wisdom to share for parents who have kids that are in high school right now. It's such a tricky time just with everything that's going on with school going back uh, in person or hybrid or, or just everything. And um, they just um, have so much good stuff to share. I'm really excited for their, for this conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. And um, yeah, I, I guess without further ado, here is our conversation with Jason and Emma on high schools. Hey, Jason. Hey, Emma. How's it going? Thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having us. So good. Glad to be here. Thank you. And by here, of course, I mean uh, over Zoom. I can see, I, I, you know, you guys on my screen. But you know, I, as we do with everything right now, you know, we're all in, in separate spaces, uh, and uh, it looks, you know. But I'm so glad that we're able to do this, and that's basically why we're having these conversations, these first aid for families conversations, in wanting to talk directly to parents of kids in different age groups. So um, we've already done episodes um, for Saddleback Kids and for junior high. And so now we get to talk with some of our high school um, ministry leaders and people who just know high schoolers super well. And I'm sure for parents who are listening, if you have high schoolers, you may be thinking, wow, I have a high schooler and I don't know high schoolers super well. So I'm really <laughs> glad to <laughs> have these conversations. Thank you guys for being a part of this. So I just wanted to start off by helping parents who may be struggling with certain thoughts or concerns or feelings to let them know that they're not alone in their thoughts and concerns. <laughs> and so I just wanted to hear from you guys. I'll start with you, Jason. What are some just common things that you're hearing from parents right now? Some questions or concerns or, or comments, you know, just what are some things that a lot of parents are probably thinking right now? Yeah. Great question. I think we're full of them. I just for context, I have two high schoolers. I've got a right. senior in high school and this a is, sophomore. Oh wow, senior! I don't think I realized yeah. that. Cool. Yeah. So, and then I've got a seventh grader who thinks she's in high school. So you know, there's that too. <laughs> uh, but I think you know a, a couple questions that we're hearing from parents quite frequently is like, what do I do about screen time? Screen time is way up. And some of that is by choice. A lot of that is that's how school is operating right now is everything is being done virtually through a screen. And I think most of us, the vast majority of us would say, we're trying to get screen time to go down and 
by necessity it's going up. And then with the pandemic, students are connecting virtually more than maybe even normal. And so screen time is way up. And what do we do about screen time? And help us. What do we, you know? Is it true that my kids' eyes will turn square from yeah. watching the screen so much? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, you know, it's a legitimate concern. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, last night, my wife and I went to dinner with some friends. Uh, and over the course of our dinner, we had 11 notifications between the two of us for more screen time because uh. screen time limits. We only have six kids, between, <laughs> but we got 11 requests for more screen time. So <laughs> we know that it's, it's going up. It's how students are connecting. And um, I yeah. think as, as with anything, you know, it just is a, it's a great opportunity for good conversations. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to push our kids off their screens, I think, like most parents, and looking for other opportunities to get them into safe spaces where they can be in connection with one another. And, you know, for us, life groups are, are just now starting here in HSM, and they're socially distanced and with masks and all the precautions, but it's face-to-face -face connections. And we're recognizing mm -hmm. just how important those real, authentic connections are away from the screens. And so um, that's, that's a common one we're hearing and talking about is screen time. Yeah, that's good. Screen time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's something, especially, especially for parents of high schoolers, it may not have been something that they thought much about when they were in high school. It was like, uh, and, and so it's this whole new world that you're trying to navigate through. And um, it just kind of is exacerbated <laughs> by the realities of today, right? Yeah. Um, Emma, what's something that, that you have heard a bunch when you've been talking, you know, with parents and whatnot? Um, that life is hard right now. <laughs> I think that's the main one on just a lot of different, obviously, avenues of, of life. I think the fact that, um, you know, tomorrow could be next, could be different than today and next week, therefore. And so committing to things and finding rhythm, I think rhythm is a big thing that we're hearing from mm, parents that is hard good. right now, um, especially with them going back into, you know, if they're going back into a hybrid model of school or classes, like finding a new rhythm, like they're having to consistently find new rhythms, which is just odd about the season and something that we are hearing from families and parents a lot, that it's a struggle, especially if they have different age um, groups in their house, elementary through, you know, all the way through high school, that is hard to find rhythm and structure. Um, and I would say it's with that being intentional with the time, if you can't count on tomorrow, you can't count on what's happening next week, being intentional to be present in the day. And that's hard too. Um, I think, you know, Jason kind of hit on like the last thing that I, I think we're hearing a bunch is the tension between staying safe, but keeping students connected. Mm -hmm. And cause connection for high school students is huge. Like, so important in this season and and parents are trying to figure that out like how do they you know help their students stay connected not only just through screen time but with you know real face-to-face -face interaction stay safe and navigate the season yeah that's such a good point i think i, I think it's kind of a common thing amongst all parents of all ages and stages is this idea of intentionality and mm -hmm. of modeling it's something that, that that I talked a lot about with Sean in, in the SK episode. And it's it's something that it's 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 important for parents all times, but it's kind of just like putting the highlight on it right now of like yeah. your kids will look to you at setting a rhythm. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's important to model that and and to create structure where it doesn't feel like the structure they normally have is in place. Or in terms of, of being intentional with what you were saying, 
Jason, uh, about having the conversations and talking about, you know, the screen time and talking about these things, it's, it's important to be high touch in terms of conversation right now. If, if, if any doubt, talk about it and talk it through. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's, that's so cool. Is there, is there anything else that, that either of you wanted to share with this question too, especially regarding things that you've heard from parents? Yeah, I I would just kind of wrap with this. I think, you know, a lot of people are frustrated and they're frustrated at all sorts of things. Everyone's coming at this from different opinions and beliefs and necessities and everything else. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we need to remember that our kids need to maintain hope. Mm -hmm. Um, It's sadly you know, the suicide rate has gone through the roof. The amount of attempts and the amount of um, successes, and it just is, and so I think what, as much as we as parents can do to help our kids maintain hope, like, you know, misery loves company, and when things are frustrating, we love to jump in the pit of frustration with everybody, but I think one of the best things we can do for our kids is, you know, point out that, that, Everything is an opportunity for us to learn and grow and become more like Jesus and maintain that hope of we're going to get through this. This isn't going to last forever. Um, you know, God is still at work. Good things are going to come of this. Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily silver lining it, but maintain the hope that we have in Jesus uh, through all the craziness and circumstances. Yeah, that's a great point. All the things that are gone or are different right now there are some things that are still the same there are are some Mm -hmm. some things that are not changing that we can rely on and our hope is based in but that's a good that's a great point um emma any uh last thoughts uh, from you about things that you've been hearing i think that kind of summarizes it i think um i think like you mentioned earlier on um at the beginning of this parents what they're experiencing, they're not alone in. It's the things that we, you know, just mentioned. Most, if not, I would say all parents are experiencing some of those things in this season. And so it really does come down to kind of the things we mentioned, but man, everybody is figuring it out. Like grace upon grace in your house, like give yourself grace as you're figuring this out. If you're a mom or dad listening and, um, high schoolers, they're wonderful, but they also can be challenging in this season. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> they're used to, they're, they love their old lives, you know, and this is really hard. And so parents, like, you're not alone in this. Um, you're loved. Give yourself grace. Um, I guess I would just say that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. So I, I think I want to ask you guys, as people who pastor high schoolers, who spend a lot of time learning about high schoolers, being with them, listening to them, you know, and, and whatnot. What are some things that parents of high schoolers should be particularly mindful of right now, especially as, as we're talking about like stages of development or growth, you know, yeah. spiritual health, emotional health, you know, like that type of stuff. What are some things that parents should be mindful of? Emma, I'll start with you this time. Great. Yeah, I think the thing that I would say is students are grieving. Um, and they may not have the words for that necessarily, but they're, they're grieving life right now. They're grieving change right now. Um, naturally developmentally high schoolers are 
egocentric, which means they think about themselves. I know if you're a parent listening, you might think my student, you know, thinks about themselves all the time. <laughs> well, all high schoolers think about themselves all the time. Um, it's it's a personality like trait of their where they're at developmentally. Um, Even those ones so, who do all those service clubs that are all thinking, no, it's really they're thinking of themselves still, or the service. <laughs> they still do um, because the questions come back to how does this affect me? And mm -hmm. so in this season with all the changes they're asking themselves constantly but how does this affect me but how does this affect my life and what that naturally does is it ushers them into the grieving process without them even really knowing and without them really even being intentional intentional with those emotions they're just seeing a change experiencing a change asking themselves naturally well but how does this affect me how does this change my life and they're processing that almost subconsciously and so for a parent to engage in that is huge in this season because it's happening no matter what and so I would say that's important for parents to be mindful of is that they're doing that naturally they're naturally grieving things as they come up as they're processing these changes how they're affecting them personally um, that just is like a natural part of their development right now and so for a parent to choose to be in that with them for them to be in that space of and helping them process grief is huge but also in that I know you know, grief is a hard thing to walk through, to navigate. Um, also just being reminded that students are so resilient. They're so resilient. Um, you know, they're going to come out, I think, on the other side of this whole thing, looking back on this season, if we're intentional with it, um, as just grateful for the opportunity and how they grew through a lot of this stuff. But again, mm. it's how it's how we engage with them. It's how parents engage um, in the midst of that. And I, that's really important. That's great. I, you know, I think one of the big themes probably in all of these Source Aid for Families episodes is the importance of emotional health and talking uh, about emotions and, and talking through them and helping your kids understand, you know, the things they might be going through and processing. And in parents, if emotional health is not something that, that you were taught as a kid or raised on, um, then I don't, you know, there's no better time to start to kind of get a handle on it yourself so that you can walk with your kid through it. I know now yeah. I don't have high schoolers. I have a two-year-old and a, it's the same, <laughs> It's but there's largely the same. Yeah. And so we recently read this, um, book called The Whole Brain Child. And mm -hmm. it was fascinating just talking about the importance of, of your brain development as a kid and how your emotions develop and, you know, and they need um, somebody to help them process and walk through that. And I imagine, and I think it, it it's so it's the same for high schoolers is, is, is you need, or a high schooler needs somebody who can partner with them. You can say, Hey, I'm going to be here with you and walk through this with you. I think that's so important. Emma. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm Jason. Hey, yeah. What's Sorry, can I say one more yeah, thing on please, that? Please go quick. ahead. Yeah. I think, I think it's important to remember that students naturally think, how does this affect me? But they don't naturally think, how does this make me feel? Yeah. I think there's a big distinction between the two. That's and idea. that's where if parents can engage on the second question, um, students are naturally getting themselves to the point of how does this affect me? But if parents can engage on that second question, how does this make me feel? That mm. is everything. That's good stuff. I'm Jason. What's something on 
on your end that you think parents should be particularly mindful of right now? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we kind of talk about the already not yet um, in student ministries and on our high school team of, mm. you know, my, my 17 year old that's a senior in high school, she's, she's functioning in a lot of ways like an adult. So she's already acting like an adult, but she's not an adult yet, right? Yeah. You know that your brain isn't fully developed until you're 25 years old. So she's still got a ways to go until her brain is even fully formed. And so it's our responsibility as parents, even though they're already functioning like an adult, to remember that we've still got a long way to go. There's a lot mm-hmm. that we can still help her learn and process. And um, I, I think for my wife and I, we keep coming back to we just got to continue to remember to give our kids patience. I think mm-hmm. while we're in the midst of figuring out a pandemic, we're turning to our kids and be like, Hey, we're figuring this thing out. You guys need to figure this thing out. Right. <laughs> and we're putting these expectations on them that aren't fair, to be honest. I, you know, I've never, I didn't have to experience a global pandemic when I was in high school. Thank goodness. Like, and so here I am projecting things onto my teenagers who, you know, I think, again, it just comes back to extending our kids grace, being patient with them, and jumping into great conversations of all these things that you guys have just talked about of, how are you feeling? How does this make you feel? And being wise in the way that you ask those questions, um, so that you don't just get the standard, I'm fine, I'm good, and let me go back to my bedroom where I'm alone and isolated and struggling, you know, but really asking open-ended questions and and helping them process and helping them learn. Yeah. I, I, I know for, for us, and again, I have to keep caveating this. I don't have a high schooler, <laughs> but um, one thing that we recently did is we bought a feelings chart that we put on, on the wall. And so, you know, we know, especially since I'm fine can be such the, you know, go-to answer is like, well, I'm fine isn't on the chart. So let's point to, you know, exactly what you're, you know, and then kind of give them the words or, you know, the opportunity to, to have that open-ended kind of question rather than just accept I'm fine necessarily as the standard. <laughs> you have high standards for your two-year-olds. I mean, gosh, I'm fine would be great as a two-year-old. <laughs> I mean, emotional intelligence, good for you, Jason. <laughs> he, I will say my two-year-old is, is, pretty, is, is pretty good at talking about when he's nervous or when he's upset. And it's, 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 it's scaring Alicia and me at, at his ability to <laughs> recognize those feelings already but that's for a whole nother episode (laughs) i would say something my wife and i learned um a long time ago when our kids were little was we didn't want to just rely on fine when they were little we wanted to start them on a projection of Mm. being able to explain their emotions and explain what they're feeling and so we stopped asking how was your day uh that kind of thing and we started asking hey, using three words, like three adjectives, describe for me how your day went today. Mm-hmm. And man, the words that we get are sometimes like <laughs> a total standard. Like, so, so. <laughs> and, and you're like, how could it be amazing and terrible at the same time? You know, like, but then when they get to unpack that, well, this was amazing. I, 
that test that I studied so hard for, I, I did well on it, mm. but this was terrible. I had a really tough conversation with a friend and it was awful how it went. And I'm so bummed, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, cool. you're just hearing. So I, you know, that the art of asking good questions should be something yeah. every parent investigates and studies and learns more about. That's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's a great idea. Okay. Three words to describe your day. I like it. Um, Okay. Um, is there anything else around this topic of mindfulness that you that either of you wanted to address before I switch gears a little bit? No. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Happy to hear it. Okay. Um, so we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier at the very beginning, we were talking a little bit about all the change that's been going on and how it's an opportunity for parents to model um, for their kids. And so one thing I, I wanted to make sure that we addressed or talked a little bit more about was um, what are some ways that parents can provide stability amidst all this change? Now, high schoolers, or at least a lot of them, are experiencing a big change right now in starting to go back to school um, in person, whether it's hybrid or, or whatever it is. And so that's another change. And knowing that if, if things get bad again, then it could be another change where they're going back mm-hmm. to home kind of thing. So it just kind of feels like this kind of, you know, I am just being blown away, you know, back and forth by the wind each way. So what are some ways that parents can provide stability for their kids right now? I think one thing, uh, yeah, Jason. I think one thing for us that we're trying to hold on to is, you know, seven, eight months ago when this whole thing broke, we went from a family of dual dual working parents and three, you know, teenagers who all are involved in extracurriculars and church activities and you know, that I would say one or two family dinners a week where we were all sitting around the dinner table was about all we could muster up. Sure. Um, and suddenly that, that became seven family dinners a week <laughs> because everything was locked down. And, it, and man, it was awesome. We loved it. Like, and so I think one of the things that we're, we're going to fight for, we're not going to just, you know, let it slip away, but we're, we're going to fight to maintain some consistency. And specifically in that, that family dinner time, we have just loved the conversations we've had, the games that we've played, the questions that we ask, the time that we spend is such high quality time. Um, we made the decision very early on that there are no phones allowed at the table. They have to make in your pocket or, you know, somewhere else. But like, if someone pulls out a phone, we all attack them. Uh, <laughs> because we just, we, we want to value that time and we want to, you know, but, but again, maintain the consistency. So we're going to, you know, we may opt out of some things as they come back. We may choose to like, you know what, you're not going to do that Tuesday night thing because Tuesday nights are family dinner nights. And, and so I think looking for the areas that you can maintain some consistency in the midst of the flux and the change is worth fighting for. It's good to know at, at the Pogue house that you have permission to throw your dinner roll at somebody yeah. if they take their phone out Absolutely. at the at the table. That's good. <laughs> a cup of water. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Back when all the COVID stuff started here, we did a series um, on this podcast on spiritual antidotes. And one of the questions that we consistently asked through that series was, what is something, um, a change that you have made or that has been made upon you, but that you can recognize the value in that you want to make sure you keep 
even when things go back to normal. So even as things start opening up and schools back and stuff and, and different things are happening again, don't just jump back in to getting, you know, to signing up for all this stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Be intentional, you know, like what we've been talking about, about thinking about the changes that happened uh, that were for the better, like like all the family dinners. Yeah. Is it, okay, how do we bring that into this new, how, how is that something that we carry over and lock down um, instead of getting lost again, just to everything else? Um, yeah. That's great. That's great. Emma, uh, how about you? What's something, what's a way that parents can uh, provide some stability for their kids right now? Yeah, well, as I was listening even to what Jason was saying, I think a key is in a word he kept using. Um, And I don't think it's necessarily synonymous for stability. He kept using the word consistency. Mm. And I think that is consistency leads to and is I think the foundation for stability and so I think that that's huge like in in who the you know as a parent and who you are to your child if you're consistent in your you know love for them you're consistent in your encouragement towards them you're consistent in your presence in their life like that consistency is what provides stability and there's so many of those things that we are still in control of in this season and I think that that's important um I also think I mean obviously pointing your students back to the truth that our firm foundation is in God alone, that seasons of change will come and go. This is obviously an extreme example of that. (laughs) You know, for students, this is probably the first extreme example of a season where the whole world, or at least the United States is in, is in a season of change as extreme as what we're in right now. And for them to have this example of you know, if their parent is consistently pointing back to how, you know, Christ is our cornerstone, how we're able to have that foundation that even if the world is turned upside down, that um, he's consistent in our lives, pointing their students back to that in this season will pay off tenfold when the season goes back, um, you know, someday to whatever normal looks like. But um, those are the things we can stay consistent in, like as a parent, um, stay consistent in pointing their students towards you know, Jesus, their firm foundation, staying consistent in loving their student well, staying consistent in encouraging their students, staying consistent in being hope-filled, um, being a hope-filled person. And I think those things are the things that provide stability. That's great. Yeah, I think I think there are opportunities for stability, you know, or and, and as we've been talking about this whole thing, opportunities to have the conversations with your kids, you know, recognize that they're feeling like they're out of control in some things or, you know, mm-hmm. like what you were talking about earlier, Emma, with the grief, you, you know, that can especially come from feeling out of control and, mm-hmm. you know, from all these changes and things not going the way that they expected, especially for seniors who are in their last yeah. year and having to do it, you know, this whole new way, or, or even for freshmen, they're like, I was looking forward to my high school experience mm-hmm. and uh, this is not how I expected this to go down. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's recognizing and understanding that in, in so many areas, they probably feel out of control. Um, mm-hmm. But knowing that there are opportunities for you to set some fixtures, to set some mm-hmm. things that they can, you know, hey, you know, I, I may not know what's going to happen next week in terms of this class or if I'm going to be able to do this or whatnot, but I know that I have 
family dinners tonight, or I know that, you know, on Sundays or on Saturday nights or whatever, I can do church with my family. And, you know, and I can, mm-hmm. I, I can know that my family is here as a bedrock for this. That's super important. Um, um, I, I would imagine that, especially with all the time uh, that families have gotten to spend together, <laughs> probably more so than any time ever before. Um, it, it might be, it might be an eye opener for some parents to be like, oh man, I don't know how to even engage with my high school kids right now. They're talking about things that I've never heard of. Uh, it feels like they're speaking a foreign language. You know, sometimes if they're talking about different apps or, or channels or whatever it is. And so, so it's, it's hard probably got some parents a little bit against the ropes in terms of like, how, how do I even handle this? So what are some tips for parents for better engaging with their high school kids? Emma, um, what are some things that parents need to know or just some tips for, for how to go about building that relationship, (laughs) which is probably being tested and, and exposed in a new way? (laughs) Yeah, I would say, yeah, the, the dictionary of separate language that they speak is definitely true. We, I'm laughing over here because we just had our um, life group leader training um, a couple weeks ago. And um, a good amount of our life group leaders are probably 35 and up, maybe half. And so it was really funny. We played a game where we were like, put up on a slide, you know, a word of like, teenager slang and then would see how well they did defining what it was and it was it was hilarious to say the least but I would say this to put parents at ease you don't need to speak a teenager (laughs) to um, engage well with your students so in fact um, it's probably better not to even try (laughs) it probably is for your sake just keep yourself (laughs) an embarrassment and uh just keep keep staying in your lane you know Uh, I think that would be maybe better Um, but I would say the thing with engagement and it's kind of a theme, I think, in what we've been saying so far is, is truly intentionality. There's a lot of natural built-in time, um, we're spending with whoever we're living with. So for parents, you know, your students, your, your kids, your spouse, um, there's a lot of natural built-in time with our families or whoever's in our home right now. Um, but being intentional to, to create like one-on-one time with your, your student in your house, um, that is what like really allows the engagements like grow and trust to grow and great conversations. You kind of have to break your normal, um, to see, um, I think the results that some parents are hoping for of like, Oh, I just wish my student would open up. I just wish they would tell me more. I wish we would, you know, connect more. Well, you have to break your, you're regular sometimes to see that fruit come out of that. And so, you know, surprise your student, you know, ask them, you know, if you have a a student who's a daughter, ask them if they, you know, would want to go to the beach with you just one-on-one on a Sunday afternoon. And just, it's just the two of you guys. That's, that's a way of being intentional to engage with your student. And you would be shocked when you break the normal rhythm, um, how they just naturally open up, how they naturally just, I think are a little bit more at ease or relaxed. They feel I mean, special, it doesn't go unnoticed when you are intentional planning extra time with your student in your house. Um, you know, students are always asking the question, you know, especially in the first two years, freshman and sophomore, who are my people? You know, as their parent, you want to be their people. And so being their people means um, going into their world, caring about the things they care about, asking really good questions that don't end up in answers like I'm fine. <laughs> so yeah. all of those things um, allow you to, you know, engage with your student um, even better in this season. That's so great. I, I 
I love the idea because it can be so tempting for parents to just say, you know, well, you know, my kid is probably better off just on his device or, you know, or, or talking with, you know, with his or her friends or whatever. And so it can be tempting to just say, well, you know, you know, I'm sure they're good and kind of just go about doing your own thing. But I think there's such an important opportunity for parents to step in and just say, Hey, you know, I, I've heard about this. Now, can you teach me about what this is? You know, you know, I've seen you doing this thing. Uh, tell me about it. I, I, I'm interested in, in expressing interest in what they're interested in. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of times it can be common that high schoolers probably assume that their parents aren't interested in what they're interested in. No. And I think that's kind of such a, a great opportunity to build that relationship and that connection. That's great. And Jason, how about you? Some good tips. Now you have two high schoolers and one to be high schooler, right? So yep. what are some tips <laughs> um, <laughs> as, as a dad of high schoolers for engaging with your high school kids? Well, I think something, um, something that my wife and I set out from the get go uh, to create was a safe space in our home for our kids. Just, we want our home to be the safest place for them to talk about anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think part of that was I grew up in a home where, you know, certain topics were taboo and we're not, and I grew up in a Christian home, but there were just certain things that you knew, like, man, we don't talk about that at our house. Like, mm -hmm. um, and so because of that, you know, I relied on my fellow 14 year old friends to teach me things and, you know, <laughs> just as we felt like that's not where we want our kids going. We want our kids feeling comfortable talking to us and it's tough. You know, the easier thing is to just, like you said, Jason, assume that no news is good news. And well, if they're, as long as their grades are okay and they seem okay, then everything must be okay. And All seems quiet on the Western front. So I'm just going <laughs> to go about nope. my day. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we know that's not the case. And so I think, um, you know, I think just piggybacking even off of what Emma said, taking advantage of every opportunity that you can. And it's hard and it's not the easiest thing to do. But, you know, my wife and I try as often as we can to, uh, when we're driving one of our kids someplace, we turn off the radio and we have good conversation. Uh, we ask about things and we'll even ask tough questions, awkward questions, questions that we might not really want the answer to. <laughs> but we're willing to engage in it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, like a lot, like you said, I think being willing to go into their world, both of you mentioned that, you know, when there's a new app out, uh, a new game that kids are playing on their phones called Among Us. And yeah, I just got that on my phone. I don't know what it is, but my family yeah. said I needed to have it. I still haven't opened it. So I don't know so what it is yet. Teenagers are all over it right now. They're okay. all talking and it's and so for me it was like well tell me about it what is it and they're like dad we gotta play you're gonna love it and i'm like all right <laughs> let's play it and so you know we're gonna dive in after dinner tonight and play among us okay well you got to tell me how it goes and what it is so i need to know i should know <laughs> if i should even open it or not okay great yeah I'll let you. <laughs> so I, all of those things you know ultimately come back to building trust and when hmm. we build trust in our kids they know that they can come to us and I, you know, I think most parents out there want, want to be a safe space and want to be a place where their kids feel comfortable too. And, um, and just remembering that you get the opportunity, you get the privilege 
to pour into your kids and remembering that. That's so great. That's, I think that's something that's almost gets lost in how people think of themselves as mom or dad is, is, is the, is the honor and privilege of being a, a trust bearer yeah. that comes with that, yep. of mm-hmm. being that safe person, that safe space. Like, yes, it's good to be, you know, friends too, but you, but being dad and being mom is a whole separate thing that can't yeah. really be replaced by a friend or, you know, whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's, I think that's great. Any other tips from either of you guys about engaging with with high schoolers i just i think what you said at the end right there is big because i think a lot of parents that we talk to have this impression that their students just only want to hang out with their friends and don't want to spend any time with their parents and i think sometimes parents are willing to be like okay well that's just where they're at and i'll just leave them to do that to your point they they will always, even if they don't say it out loud, and they might, they might never say it out loud <laughs> that they want to hang out with you, <laughs> but they do. And um, you're, you know, as a parent, parents are a presence in students' life that um, you're right, just can't be replaced. And so I really love that. Hmm. I would agree. That's great. Cool. Okay, so I wanted to wrap up um, our conversation by talking um, about prayer, and I wanted to ask how. Um, how can parents be praying for their kids, but but also how can parents be praying with their kids? Uh, so Jason, I'll, I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, I, I love this question. And I think, I think both of them are equally as important. Yeah. We absolutely need to be praying for our kids, but we absolutely need to be praying with our kids. I think mm. faith is best when it's caught and it's taught. I think oftentimes we rely on one or the other um, pretty heavily, you know, either ah, I just kind of hope they catch it from whatever, or no, I'm going to really intentionally teach it, but not let them see me model it in my life. Um, And I think it's super important. We do both. And so, um, and I think that's in the small things and in the big things, I think oftentimes we rely on the big things, but I think, you know, when your kid mentions, um, like mine did last night, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about going back to school hybrid. Like yeah. what's it going to be like? And, you know, just all of the unknowns had her concern and had her nervous and anxious. And I was like, I get it. I totally get your, your I would be too. And so we, I said, Hey, let's, let's just pause and let's pray that God is going to give you peace. We know that that's one of his gifts and we're going to ask that he fill you with his peace tomorrow as you make your way onto campus for the first time and all of this newness that you're about to experience. And I prayed for her and with her. Hmm. Uh, And I I think that's so important. I, you know, I think one of the best things we can do in praying for our kids is, is praying for what, what we talk about in student ministries as a staff is stickiness that Hmm. their faith would last beyond just the short while that we have them under our roof, that what we are modeling, what we are teaching, what we are hoping for them is a lasting faith. And so just praying for opportunities that God would provide for their faith to become sticky, that it would would last. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. Emma, how about you? Yeah, I would say, um, I think I love the faith is caught 
not taught. And that is a huge thing for us. And I think going along with that, um, how much students see um, parents praying or, or know that parents are praying, like it, it, it enforces the um, importance of prayer. It, you know, it teaches students that prayer really does matter, um, that prayer is a vital part of our faith. Um, and I think that that's huge. But I think as far as how, you know, how to pray for your students, um, I would encourage parents to ask their students for their prayer requests. Because like I said, you grow in your own maturity as you articulate those things. And it just, I mean, it helps the student feel cared for and seen. Um, mm. And I think that that's an amazing, amazing and an important thing. Um, yeah, I think even just praying um, together as a family, you know, Jason mentioned, you know, the importance of dinner on the table. I grew up having dinner on the table every night with my family. It's some of, some of my most treasured memories growing up in my, in my family. And we prayed every, every meal, you know, sitting around the table about things, not just dear God, thank you so much for this meal. Bless us for our body. Amen. You know, as quick as we can finish to eat our food and get on yeah. our way of whatever else we're doing <laughs> that night, we prayed about things that really mattered. And I would encourage parents to do that with their with their students um, now more than ever, because students are aware of what's happening in the world now more than ever, um, aware of the impacts of COVID, aware of um, you know the the anti-racism movement, aware of the, the what's happening in politics. Social media is like feeding them all these different things about what's happening in the world. To be praying for our our you know, future president, to be praying for um, reconciliation in racial divide, to be praying for those bigger things as a family, that matters because your student is becoming an adult and that's showing them the spiritual maturity of an adult's, um, you know, relationship with prayer and with God through prayer. Yeah, that's, that's huge. I think, I, I think what we take for granted sometimes is, is prayer is often an opportunity, you know, to teach also, like as you're praying, is you are teaching them about who God is and about um, our relationship to God and our our dependence on Him. And so it's a, just a great opportunity um, for your kids to see what that looks like. And um, yeah, and everything also that we talked about in the whole rest of this episode, understanding that your kids are grieving and that they're going through all these changes back and forth, and you know everything that we talked about about um listening to your kids and learning um about like that stuff that you can bring in prayer both for and with and i i i would imagine that that would mean a lot to your kid if they if they were like oh like you know my dad heard that or or he listened to that or you know that's something that, that he gleaned uh from you know from what i said and and he he remembers that now to bring it in into 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 prayer tonight too. Or, or like, I, I just think that that would go a long way um, too to show your kid, you know, just truly how much you care about them and how much you want to, you know, carry with them and carry for them and. You know, and don't forget that anytime that you're praying for your kid, you're acting as an intercessor too. Is you are you are bringing things on behalf of your kid to God. So that is a role of a parent too. Is is being that person for them. I'm sure we could talk for probably a long more time, a lot longer about prayer, but I don't want to take too much more time. Um, I wanted to give you both kind of just the opportunity if there's anything to close out um, 
our time together today that you wanted to share as a last encouragement or advice or whatever for for parents of high schoolers that are listening right now. Emma, I'll, I'll start with you. Is there anything kind of just closing thoughts that you want to share? Um, wow, that's a good <laughs> closing thoughts. Always kind of <laughs> like are so daunting. I didn't um, give this to you earlier, so I just figured, hey, you know, just off the cuff. Okay. You're getting that unfiltered <laughs> off the cuff. Um, I would say ultimately, you're loved and you're supported by us in HSM and the church. Um, if you're listening to this and you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling like you're not doing enough, you're feeling like your student is struggling, um, reach out. Um, reach out to any one of us, reach out to our, you know, any sort of like our email. I don't know if HSM at Saddleback.com is our (laughs) general email. Um, We, even if you, if it's just, if it's just helpful for you to draft an email to tell us how you're feeling, because that just feels nice for someone else to know. And for you to know that our team is praying for your family specifically, we're here for you. We're here for that. Um, and we just love your student deeply. Any way that we can come alongside your student um, is our greatest privilege and honor and joy. And so just know that that's um, the heart of our ministry here. And um, there is a verse I wrote down earlier um, that I feel like is, I wanted to share at some point yeah, in this. Maybe this is a good time. It's Psalm 16, 9. It says, therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My flesh will also rest in hope. And so I just would hope and my prayer is for anybody listening to this, um, that the parents would rest in hope, um, that they would find hope in this season and hold on to it. Um, however they can. <laughs> I know I, I have it in my mind to sing that hope song from for King and country right now, but I will uh, save the <laughs> listeners for that. But anytime we talk about hope, that's what comes in my mm-hmm. head. Um, okay. Jason, final <laughs> thoughts for our parents. Yeah, I definitely would echo Emma's, closing sentiments of we're here. Um, But I would say this, in a season of life where teenagers often are pushing their parents away, right? And that's natural. That's normal. Um, They are learning what it looks like to become a young adult. That's why we call them young adults, right? Mm -hmm. They're teenagers. They are starting to become more independent. And that's all a good thing, I would say. But when you feel them pushing you away, don't be afraid to lean in. Mm -hmm. They need it. They want it. They don't know how to verbalize it. They still want you around, even when they say they don't, even when they roll their eyes at you, even when they're frustrating and, you know, you you just want to send them to their room until they turn 25. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's the easier thing to do is to just let them go. But we, we, we've got to fight for our kids and hold tight and know to lean in and love the heck out of them encourage the heck out of them. I have never met a teenager that didn't need more encouragement. Hmm. So encourage your kids. Um, I'll I'll kind of close with this. I I remember there's a few memories I have um, that are far outweigh any others in my teenage years. And one of them in particular was a, a moment that my dad just surprised the heck out of me. And uh, Saturday afternoons, I was responsible for mowing the lawn and one day I went to go start the lawnmower and the lawnmower was out of gas. So I'm like, dad, we need to go get gas and put in the lawnmower. And he's like, all right, let's go. And we jump in the car. And instead of turning into the gas station, like we normally would, we end up going past it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's like, don't worry about it. And we pulled into Red Robin of all places. Nice. And we walk in and I'm like dumbfounded. Like what is happening right now? We- <laughs> 
And we end up going inside and he orders two milkshakes and a side mm. of fries. And we spent, I don't know, a half an hour. And my dad just encouraged the heck out of me. He told me how great of a kid I was. He told me how proud of me he was. He taught, told me about some things that I had done that other people had noticed that informed him of like, hey, we've noticed this about Jason and we appreciate it. And he just spoke love and encouragement over me. And man, it was a moment I will never forget. I, I, I can go back to that moment so quickly, probably faster than almost any other memory. And so those times where you surprise your kids, we sometimes in HSM, we call them no way moments because they're those moments that, that their kids would be like, no way, I can't believe they did this. Like, look for those opportunities, take advantages of, of those opportunities and just, man, encourage and support your kids through this. And, and remember, we're all going to get through it together. That's so good. Um, I want to make sure that we note that um, you can always go to saddlebackparents.com and there's a lot of great resources on there too, including the Parenting Skills podcast um, and the two-minute tip videos. So make sure to check those out. Um, Emma, what was the email address again? Just want to make sure we got it clear. Yeah, it's eight. It's hsm at saddleback.com. hsm at saddleback.com. We'll make sure to put mm -hmm. that in the show notes as well. Also, I wanted to note that uh, we had Jason on an episode uh, of Doable Discipleship about a year and a half ago, almost almost two years ago. Um, so we'll put the link to that episode in the show notes as well. It's called um, Training Young Disciples. So make sure to go back and check that one out too. Friends, I'm so thankful that you guys were here. Um, Thank you both for just your heart for not just the students, but also the parents of the students. I think that's something that can, you know, be misunderstood about, about student ministries is it's not just a ministry for the kids, even though that's what it's designed for. It's a ministry for the parents too. And so um, I, I'm just thankful for how you guys love on kids and parents and are taking exceptionally good care of them in this time too. So thank you both for what you're doing and for joining on the conversation today. Um, we have another one in this series uh, on college ministry. So, so don't forget, we have a, a Saddleback Kids episode, a junior high episode. This was the high school ministry episode, and then we have a college ministry episode. You can check us out. Um, we have new episodes that go up every Tuesday for Doable Discipleship, and um, we hope to see you guys there. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events lastly you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com send us your thoughts send us your questions your bible questions your life questions whatever who knows your question might just inspire an upcoming episode thanks again for tuning in to doable discipleship i'm jason whelan and i hope you'll join us again next week